Welcome to Sharon Feelings. My name is Chris Sharon. Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Uh, happy end of February. I am saying happy because I don't really know how to feel about it, but I think it's happy. Um, warmer weather definitely coming here on the East Coast, but there's a part of me that feels, oh boy, it's already March almost, but I think things are going to start turning around. Things are going to be getting better. And that is starting with this episode today. It is truly the first of its kind, and I'm so excited to share it with you. My very special guest, Brandon, also known as Brandelsa Wagner, is a performer, professional stilt walker, motivational speaker, and life coach in training. They are also the first non-binary guest on the podcast, and I promise you, we are in for a treat. We spend our first moments conversing about city life and our new business idea, Barbara's Blueberries. <laughs> Look, you're just, you're going to have to listen to it to find out more on that one. But then Brandon starts literally blowing my mind all over the room again and again. We center our conversation on the power of assumptions, how we can never assume what we think about someone is true, and we become the most authentic versions of ourselves when we take pride in exactly who we are. Brandon shares, when you show up in your authenticity, you give permission for others to do the same. We continue on to discuss society's need for labels as a way to assign value, and Brandon proves that we are not defined by these labels. We are not simply made to live within a specific box. We exist without boundaries. And once we discover that, once we push on the walls that close us in, we can finally experience all that is waiting for us out of the box. Oh yeah. Enjoy. You look fantastic. Hi. Yes, let it take, down. Take, take it in. Yeah. Take it in. Let's take it in. Oh, I'm feeling good already. Wow. Well, you look fabulous. How are you? Where are you? I am currently in Inglewood. Well, it's not technically Los Angeles. So I'm technically in Los Angeles, California. Okay. And it is a nice, cloudy day. Okay. So that's cool. You yeah. know, it feels very cozy. Um, I got my little tea drops here when I want to make tea a little bit later. Okay. Um, I, I'm not just grabbing things randomly on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Infomercial on QVC. Hello and welcome. <laughs> is it true in California, you know, when it rains, everybody just freaks out and loses their mind? Yeah, some people, uh, you know what, I think it's that they forget they know how to, they forget to drive, or they forget they know how to drive properly, because I find people want to speed a lot faster. Wow. Like, I'm, I understand, like, if it's an open street and you want to, like, put a little bit of gas, you know, go a little bit above that 35 speed limit, I understand. But, like, when the road is slick and there's oil and literally you can see it on the ground... Like, why do you want to, you... like, try to hydroplane through the intersection? Gotta get it. <laughs> Gotta get out of here. Tokyo Drift. Literally. <laughs> and I'm like, where are you going that fast? Unless you're pregnant giving birth in the passenger seat, like, there's no point in moving that fast. <laughs> no point. No reason whatsoever. So, I'm taking it slow. I take it easy. We yeah. haven't had rain out here in a, maybe, like, it was, like, one last weekend. No, not last weekend, like maybe two weekends ago, it was like downpour, and I was like, I miss the rain, and yes. I went out there, and like, I like, danced in it for a little bit, and I was like, this is amazing! Yes, yes, I bet too, especially. It's so interesting, you know, you think like, sunshine and beautiful weather, LA's the place to be, of course, but like... I don't know. I, I was talking with my mom about how she loves, like, the four seasons. You know what I mean? Like, and the changing of seasons and, like, she wouldn't trade it for the world. And I, I think I share that sentiment as well. That being said, you know, we're under, like, a foot of snow out here in New York right now. So I don't know. I think I would rather be basking in the sun. Yeah, I, I, I like the snow. Like, you know, Brandel, so the cold never bothered me anyway. But at the same time, like, I am not made for it. Like, it took me... It took me a couple of 
a couple of months to get used to snow when I was like doing the tour with Sesame and like we were actually in snowy places. Okay. And I had to understand that like California winter wear is not like <laughs> winter wear. It's like California fashion. And I wish that they would tell you that when they're like, you're buying cute shit. Excuse me, cute. Am I allowed to swear? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. When you're allowed to, when you're like buying cute shit and you're like, oh, this is going to look so good against the snow and I'm going to take so many photos. And then <laughs> you get to the actual snow. It's rock hard, it's wet, it's slushy. And you're like, this cute little jacket isn't really doing much. Not working, not working. So, oh my god! I learned, I learned quickly. Absolutely, that 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 definitely happens. Have you spent most of your life in California, though, other than like touring and Disney and stuff? Born, born and raised, one of the rare unicorns that like literally like lived in like is born and raised in LA. Like I talk to people, and they're like, "Oh, where are you from?" I'm like, "Los Angeles." They're like, "Yeah, but where'd you move from?" And I'm like, "My mother's womb." I don't know. Like. I was, <laughs> I literally was born and raised in LA. They're like, "Oh wow," and I'm like, "Yeah, wow. that's me." But um, yeah, I even like went to college in. I'm in LA, so I went to college in a city called Riverside, which is like maybe a little bit over an hour, hour and a half outside of the city. Okay. And um, like even that was like considered the Inland Empire, like part desert because it gets really hot in the summer. Okay. And like it's dry, and there's nothing out there, and. It was good times, though. Like, I found myself out there, I'll say that. But. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Yeah, that's, I mean, I totally did not grow up in a city. You know, I grew up maybe an hour outside of Philadelphia in a suburb called Bucks County. Would you trade it? I don't know, now having lived more of your life, like, or are you just a city person, 100? Oh, I'm, like, I'm definitely a city kid, but I like moments of, I like moments of retreat. I like to get away. I, I, at one point, I think I used to want to, like, I was like, I've been, you know, living that New York life. I was like, I want to move to New York and, like, live there for the rest of my life. And then I realized that it snowed there a lot. And I said, ooh, maybe, maybe not work. <laughs> but, like, would I, like, want to live, how would I put this? Like, there's a Central California. I have cousins who live out in a, Tus- it's a city called Tuscadero. And, like, literally, it's farm country. Like, they had horses and cows wow. and on their farm, and I was like, this is so cool. But, like, it was cool to go out there, but I also remember missing my mom and, like, missing family so much that I was like, I can't stay out here for the rest right, of the Right, right. So I'm a person that's like, give me a home base, but allow me to travel and see what I want, but know that I can come back, Ugh. you know? I mean, that's... And for me, it has to be a city. Mm, okay, yeah. that That's so interesting, you know, because... For a while, you know, my only connection with New York City was just auditioning to try to get a job to try to feel like I can make it as an actor. You know what I mean? And I didn't actually have a relationship with living here until we just moved back in September. And now that there's really no chance to audition that much and have the sort of normal lifestyle that I would normally have. And I'm actually able to, like, walk the neighborhoods, explore new places, see new things, and just, like, actually feel the energy of the city for what it is and the magic of it. And I just, like, I am so transforming into that kind of a person that is, like, I need this city. I need it. I mean, like, I, I, of course, like, to to escape and go on vacation or just, like, somewhere else for a month or whatever is, is absolutely necessary. But, like, we drove back into the city just yesterday uh, from seeing my mom and as soon as we pass through the, the Holland Tunnel, I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, something feels right about it. And I just like, <laughs> it's so far, it's such a foreign feeling to me because I, I, you know, I grew up with a big backyard and just, you know, in a development where all the houses look the same, that, that sort of lifestyle where just like, I think when you grow up in that suburban lifestyle, you think like, well, this is just how life is. You know, I just feel like it's that bubble of like, you, what do you mean you don't live in a neighborhood like this? And it, it really took a while for me to realize, like, <laughs> there's so much more. And, and I love it so much more. There is such a genuine energy to it that feels separate from all the people that are living there. Or maybe it's sort of caused by all the people that are living there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, um, what is the thing that you find is, like, tugging at your heartstring about New York? Is there something that you can, like, define to it, you know? Yeah, that's such a good question. It's, it's, because sometimes it's so hard for me to, like, make it tangible, but there, there, it just feels like, maybe it's, like, the history. I don't know how much traveling you've done sort of outside the U.S., but when I go to, like, England or Ireland or places that have sort of been established for so much longer than the United States, there's just, like, this, this presence to them, and I think it, it, sort of permeates itself in New York City and this all this history and all these different people have just provided so much like life and 
to this city that it's sort of like live it exists here like their souls exist here and and i feel like i get to share that like even though i wasn't necessarily a part of it i don't know and and there is such a pride i don't know if you feel that way about living in la but like i live in la i live in new york city like i just you belong to this special club or something yeah i don't know I'm not sure where it came from because I think when I was younger, it's like West Coast, West Coast, and it's just something that I grew up saying, you know? <laughs> sure. But like now that I'm older and I've traveled around a bit, I'm like, you know what? No, there is something special about LA. I do say, I get like, I love the I love skylines and just like seeing like, you know, distance and like landscape and whatnot. So there's like a street around the corner from my house when I go stilt walking around the neighborhood and like I'm elevated above the houses. I can see on a clear day, I can see like the downtown skyline. And I just like every time I come around the corner, I'm like, damn, like that's my city. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and like if I go uh, for another street over on a clear day, I can see the Hollywood sign like clear as day. And I'm like, this literally is where I am. I can see the mountains. I can go to the beach. Like L.A. like has it all. Like in in New York, I guess you can have all that stuff, but there's no Hollywood sign. No. There's the Empire State Building. But like to see it you have to either be like way out of the city or you're like in it with like you know all the summer heat vibrating off concrete and like the subway and like don't get me wrong like i love it like every yeah. time i go every time i've been in new york i've had a hell of a trip <laughs> and bet, so yeah. like i am not disparaging anyone who loves new york by all means no so yeah don't come don't come for me <laughs> but like for me there's something i think i like this the way that la is spread out as opposed to new york is like built on top of itself yeah and it's just a different vibe yes absolutely and i I feel like you know i might get shit on for saying this but like no matter what neighborhood you go to in new york i feel like it all kind of looks the same i mean like i am obsessed with where we live now we live in greenwich village and it's just like unlike anything but but it all has this sort of like wash of concrete gray and like just gum covered streets just like you know what i mean like it all just has the same filter over it but with la i do feel like there are so many different neighborhoods all within like you know 30 minutes of one another just like totally different and then of course as soon as you step right outside of LA it's like you might as well be in another country you know what I mean it's just like California's amazing and and it's just yeah I I've only been to LA a few times and California a few times but yeah every time I'm there man there is something magical that penetrates me I don't know and maybe it's with New York too it's just this sense of like possibility I can say that Hollywood and like LA is like the town that's paved with glitter and gold. You yeah. Know? Like, I, and I, but you know what? I say the same thing for New York because like I go there and I'm like, the world is mine. Yeah. I think the first time I went there, I it was 2013, so I was like somewhere in my early 20s, 22 or 23, and um, I went there and I was there for seven days and literally I slept a total of 24 hours in that seven day period. <laughs> Because I was like up all night. I'm like I do videos and I'm a vlogger, so like I would like go out, like crack a dawn, go get breakfast. I go get bagels. I go eat breakfast at Tiffany's. I did all the tour shit. Yeah. Because I was like, this is my first time. I have no shame. Hell yeah. So I like did everything I could in the day. I get home at like ten, and then I'd be up for hours editing a video from like ten to maybe two, and then I wake up at seven and do it all over again wow. so like for, I, I did not sleep that much and I ate way too much and I drank way too much and like <laughs> I like definitely screwed up my, my body and my circadian rhythm for that week but I have all the videos and all of the memory <laughs> worth it and now every time I go back I'm like I, I can you know I try to get like at least 72 hours of sleep when I'm there as opposed to just 24 <laughs> I'm not as young anymore <laughs> yeah yeah I can't I handle it anymore <laughs> Um, so tell me some more about just uh, how life has been. You said you're living with your grandmother for a while, mm-hmm. just sort of taking care of her. And it's a little bit like she's taking care of me because she's okay. like we. Li- she has like this three bedroom house, and it's just her. Okay. So she's like, I actually moved back. I like moved all my stuff as a home base, like right before I got uh, Disney Cruise Line the very first time in 2014. Okay. Because I was like out living on my own, doing things at uh, Disneyland when I used to work there. And then she's like, I have three bedrooms. It's just me. Like, move all your stuff here so that way, like, you don't have to worry about, like, subletting your apartment and trying to, like, you know, move out and move back and whatnot. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. So, like, I made this place my, like, my own little, like, home base. So I would only be here for, like, 
two or three months at a time and then gone for like you know nine months and then come sure. back home so it was like a living roommate situation but she's like my grandmother Amazing. and so it's great she's like 83 she's 83 yeah she's 83 wow. she's actually gonna go get her i'm taking her to go get her second vaccine shot today wow um, so that's really exciting just so that like i feel a little bit safer when i, when I have to go out for work or anything like that right. like i'm and of course, I'm like super careful. I'm like, I'm like literally like six feet, don't touch me in the grocery store, which I don't know why people still don't follow that rule, but it's cool. Like, don't breathe down my neck by the bakery. Thank you. It's just, uh, we're, we're like, hey, we're like roommates almost because she's like, so what movies are we going to watch today? And I'm uh, like, I pull out my Hulu or my Netflix. Uh, and like, I introduce her to different things. And then she loves watching game shows. So we'll watch Will of Fortune and yes. Jeopardy and all these things. And it's like a really sweet, like, I don't know. Like, she's like, I'm 83. She's like, I've cooked way too much in my life. Like, I deserve this. So, like, I do all the cooking. Oh. Uh, but I'm vegan. So, every now and then, she's like, I need to go get some chicken on my own, Brandon. And I'm like, oh, go, go, go for it. Like, take the keys. You can go get your own chicken. I will not <laughs> stop you. You're a grown woman. <laughs> That's so but special. It's, it is really cool. And a lot of my family are like, oh, at least you have Brandon there. And she's like, yeah, but every now and then, like, I think I annoy her a little bit, I will say. <laughs> she's got her own way of doing things, doesn't want yeah. you to. Yeah, and, like, she'll want to clean up after me while I'm cooking, and I'm like, I need, excuse me, can you can you get out of my kitchen? Right. I know it's your kitchen, but, like, I need you, I need my space. Absolutely. Uh, but she's not upset whenever I'm, like, her favorite things are blueberries, and so... I'm like, oh, I'll make a blueberry, like, you know, cream cheesecake or vegan cheesecake or something. She's like, okay, I'll, I'll be here waiting. As long as it's got blueberries in it. Yeah, that's literally, <laughs> literally, like, on her, like, business card. My name is Barbara, and as long as it's got blueberries, I'm there. <laughs> oh, man. Barbara's blueberries. That's the next. That's, that's it. That, that's the that's the brand right there. Write that down. Writing that down. Barbara's blueberries. <laughs> Uh, oh I, my. You can like kind of see the vaguely in the background. I have like, all my like movie musical theater posters and stuff. So like this is like my space. Yeah. And like I have like a little meditation corner set up. And when sometimes my grandmother will like come in and I'll be meditating. And she'll like open the door and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> and, like, Grandma Donna, like why are we? <laughs> like it almost takes me out of it. But then I'm like, that's the universe telling me that I have to try to stay present yes. and doing what I can to you know keep sane quote-unquote during this time and i i found myself uh making a bunch of videos at the like towards the beginning of the pandemic and it would always be like me setting up my camera somewhere in the house and she's like are you making another video and she kind of like wanted to get in on it but like not quite sure at the same time because she's like i don't want my face all over facebook or anything like that and i'm like i understand like i i get it and so it's just a matter of like us trying to navigate each other's like living situation and also her understanding that like I've definitely changed and that's something that like happens like after every contract like I'm always like I, I'm coming back a little different you don't know what's gonna happen I don't know who I'm gonna be yeah essentially or like I don't you know what's changed as far as like what my needs are I guess wow. and it's always a moment of like trying to meet each other where we are and like understand and that's for me I find that very grateful because my grandmother's like someone that I've never had to like officially come out to because, like, we, I think it was, like, a couple years ago, we were, like, listening to some Oprah podcast in the car. My choice. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, like, I feel, I asked her, I was, like, what do you think your purpose is in life? Her name is Barbara, but we call her Donna, because it's grandmother in Portuguese. Okay. And so I'm, like, Donna, what do you think your purpose in life is? She's, like, I think my purpose in life is just to, like, help other people feel like they have somewhere to go or you know or that they that they matter in this world and I was like oh my gosh I never knew that and then she kind of went into her perspective of like when I came out she's like there was something special about you I just didn't know what it was and she's like seeing you grow into the person you are now like she's like I'm just very happy that you've grown into this person and like I remember like almost crying in the car because oh. I was like wait what we never had this discussion before I just thought that like you just didn't care and she's like no of course I care and I was like uh, uh, <laughs> driving on the on the 405 it was, it was cute not raining out hopefully no no no, no it wasn't <laughs> raining I was definitely going to speed like yeah but actually, it's on the 405 let's be honest like it's probably full of traffic yeah, <laughs> I think what 
what's happening right now as far as society goes is that you can't assume things anymore. You can't always assume that someone present just because they present a certain way that they identify a certain way. You can't assume that because no one's speaking up about something that they're not affected by something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And now I feel like there's this, like you said, a shift in the in the culture like speaking up, not being afraid to talk about what's going on or how you identify and not like assuming that your assumptions about someone are correct. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's always like this, there's always more work to do to like kind of explore a little bit more, like really get to know and connect to someone if you're going to have an interaction with them. I don't know if that makes sense, but absolutely. Like that's what I'm kind of navigating with now because I identify as non-binary, so I have to, how do I say, I I don't, I I have to correct people, like, sometimes I have to just be, like, in the middle of a conversation with someone and be like, hey, just so you know, like, this is how I identify, and it's not so much a matter of, like, I want you to, like, not get it wrong, or, like, you know, I'm not going to be, because I know there are some people who are very triggered by Mm. misgendering and whatnot, so I, I, for me and my journey, it's more along the lines of if I'm letting someone know that I'm non-binary and I identify this way, it's because I want them to see the real me mm-hmm. as opposed to the assumption that they think they have of me. Wow. Absolutely. And that's like how I'm kind of experiencing, that, that's how I'm like kind of approaching, or that's the take two, baby. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've auditioned. Hi, my yep. name is Brandon Wagner and <laughs> I'm auditioning for the role of Brandon Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something I'm trying to take forward with me is that I'm making sure that I'm being the most authentic version of myself, which means speaking up for myself and advocating for myself in certain spaces, um, whether that be surrounding my gender identity or racial injustice, where if I'm the only black person in the room, I have to like make sure that I'm speaking up in the way that like whatever it is the situation is, that how it's being, per- being perceived by me. And not that I feel like a pressure to, but I want people to know that I am, par- I want to be part of the conversation. And I also want to make them aware that whatever is being discussed or whatever is happening reflects on like it's how it's coming across from my perspective and it kind of does get people to kind of check their un- check their biases or just check the way that they've kind of like been operating and like I'm like if I can just make someone not necessarily change their entire mode of thinking but second guess how they approach someone then I'm like cool that's great because right now we shouldn't be making any assumptions about anything because it's been a constant generations and eons of people making assumptions about how people feel about stuff Mm. that has gotten us into some of the shit that we're in now oh yeah okay i'm with you so we we don't have the the luxury of assumption anymore i think you run the risk of becoming stagnant if you're not asking questions You're, you're running the risk of assuming that someone or somebody is going to be the same throughout their entire lives and they've had similar experiences and it's like no because no human is the same no no one on this earth has the same experiences like because like you chris like you're having your experience lived as chris and like no one can tell your story like chris can no one can tell brandelsa's story like brandelsa can you know yes and so it's not fair for us to look at each other and be like oh i'm gonna assume this about you so i'm gonna start treating you in this way because I have this assumption about your lived experience and then what that does is it kind of erases part of you and then it's like do I speak up about being erased or do I learn like do I just take it because like how can I not speak up or like you start questioning yourself if it's true for yourself and really I don't think there's anything any harm in like respectfully asking someone about stuff that you know you're unsure about if you can't find it on Google. Like, always, like, Google, <laughs> Google first. Like, absolutely. Um, if you can. Or if you, you have a certain relationship with a certain person. Like, don't just go up to random strangers right. and be like, oh, can I touch your hair? Or why am I not allowed to touch your hair? And I'm like, I don't want to have to explain that to you. Right. I'm not a damn dog, Gina. That's why. <laughs> right, right, For the right. record, I don't know anyone named Gina who's ever tried to touch my hair. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not calling anyone out. I just came up with the name. Yes, yes. It's simultaneously our responsibility, I think, to both be proud of who we are enough to 
sort of elevate our own voice and speak up and and just like not be afraid of that like you said don't think of it as a pressure but be empowered to tell your story essentially but also yes right there but also simultaneously supporting everybody else that's doing it too i think that's sort of maybe the disconnect that people are like sometimes fine with telling their own truth but don't want to hear anybody else's truth you know and or vice versa or whatever but like yeah, I, I, that's what it's got to be, I realize, you know, and, and... Empowering other people to speak up to their truth. I think there's a... I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's like, you know, a lit candle... A candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Right, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, like, my journey and my experience has been, like, because I'm learning to be... I'm not, like, it's a, it's a journey. <laughs> yes. I'm learning on my journey how to be confident in myself and, like, what people do when they when they show up in their authenticity is that it gives permission for other people to show up in their authenticity. So if I get on like my quote unquote soapbox or like if I am in a conversation with someone and I'm like, Hey, I'm experiencing this, this is my lived experience. And like, this is who I am. It gives that person subconsciously, they don't, they may not, if they're not aware of it, it gives them a little bit of like a, Oh, I can be myself here. Like, it's okay that I'm showing up in this way because Randelsa is like showing up in their way Mm. and they're not getting any flag for it. They're not giving any flag for themselves for it. So why not treat myself the same way that I see another person treating themselves? Like, if you want to teach someone how to treat you, treat yourself the way that you want to be treated. That's it, man. That's it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you are the you are the first example of how someone... I know there's a quote out there, and again, I'm butchering it, but teach others how they should treat you. I think that's what that is. Yeah, yeah. So why not, like, find your empowerment by speaking up and then letting someone else be like, oh, wow, they can do it. I can do it. And then that's like, you know, Mother Will- uh, Grandmother Willow and Pocahontas, the ripples. Yeah. <laughs> How small they start, but then they grow. Yeah. <laughs> I have to bring in Mother Willow because she's like one of my favorite parts of Disney's Believe. I'm going to so. check. You, you, you're so right. I mean, the sort of opposite side of that is like, if we don't empower each other and if we don't feel the need to sort of speak our truth and speak up and be proud about it is you start to listen to what other people are telling you about you. And I'm victim of that as well. I I think it's just human nature. It's if enough people tell you something, you know, you, it's probably easier to believe them than to believe in yourself, you know, when you're the only one. But, oh, that is it. Hearing myself say that out loud, I'm just like, want to slap myself in the face like how dare you you know like how dare you um let that happen it's nothing to shame yourself on or any of us because it happens so frequently and it's so normalized too like we internal because what happens is we see the messaging or we hear the messages from other people we internalize it and then we say it to ourselves in our own voice and it makes us think that it's coming from us (sighs) as well Do you know what I mean? But we don't take the time to understand that, like, our voice, that voice inside of our head, one, is not who we are. We are not the voice inside our head. We are the one who hears that voice inside of our head. And so you really have a chance to question whether or not that voice, what that voice is telling you is true or not. And you can also, if you go deep enough and if you're brave enough, because it is, like, literally a thing about being brave, to question where it's coming from and really examine, like, hey... I'm going to give a try to uh, ground this in an example. Okay. So I was growing, I, I was growing, when I was growing up, I was like an exuberant child, a flamboyant child, but I, this is like before my, my I had any idea what sexuality was. It was just like Brandon being Brandon. Uh-huh. But I had this thing that my mom would always do where she would always, I'm going to describe this for your listeners, but she'd take like her index finger and her thumb finger and like kind of like minimize, like kind of like she's like pinching. <laughs> and it, yeah. And so it would be like, oh, Brandon, like, tone it down, like, like the level down. Okay. And so I would get that first, and it was like her sly, and I, I look back on this now, and like, this is like her sly way of doing it in public. It would be like, Brandon, and like, off to the side, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's, that's the messaging that I got. But after so long, so many years of hearing that, I started to internalize that as like, Brandon, you need to always pull it down. Like, you need to be, you're too much. And I started saying that to myself, and it... It made me hide so much more of who I am and it was like always like my one of my biggest fears now and like I'm still like processing it is like being called too much or like doing too much or like you know being extra mm. because to me 
I have internalized that messaging as like even when someone's like, "Oh, Brandon, you're so extra!" Like I love it. Like um, I still internalize that as something that like is disapproving in my mother's eyes, and like she's the first person who's like love that I really crave more than anything. Because like we want our parents' love, like they're the the caretakers, and they you know society sets it up that way. You yeah, know, like yeah. they're taking care of you for so long, so you're like, I want to please them, I want to make them happy. So I now hear like, "Oh, Brandon, you're being too much," and like. I realize that it's not my voice saying it. It's my, it's me imitating my mother, my mother's voice from years and years and years ago. From years yeah. and years, and so I have to unpack that. So every now and then, I'm like, "Am I being too much?" Oftentimes, the answer is yes. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I know that it's not wrong to be too much. You know what I mean? Like, I know that it's who I am, and so like I hear that voice. I'm like, "Thank you for showing up today. You're doing great." But I'm gonna have you sit over here on the side, and I'm gonna continue doing me. That's when I'm booking the shows and like I'm like having such a great time on set with like my friends on you know on Disney Cruise Line and whatnot like that's when I'm like able to just like really enjoy the moment even more so is like when I am like fighting or quote unquote not what I keep on quoting on myself uh, when I keep on like you know pushing that inner voice away right. and realizing that like that's that voice what that voice is saying to me is not my truth right like, what's true is how I show up in the world and I show up as a lot but what's a lot for some people it might be the right amount or maybe not enough for some people and so you have to you know bring it up more so totally because even that whole idea of extra or too much or whatever creates this reality that there is like this standard middle line that you should be striving for and you're either above it or below it and that doesn't even that doesn't make any sense. Like, what is the right amount of energy to give? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's so binary thinking. Yeah. And me being a non-binary person, I don't do well with boxes. Like, right. I just don't. Right. So, it's like, am I too much or not enough? Like, I don't know what's just enough. And then that is a whole, you know, another can of worms that pops open because you're like, what? well, am I enough? Like, will I always be enough? Am I, like, what defines enough? And then, you ask yourself that so many times, and at one point, you do some work and like reading and meditating and sitting with it, and you realize that like you are enough. Like you're just enough. Sure. Like, you come up. We come out of the womb in the world enough. Like babies don't have to do shit, but literally shit. You're right. And, and like people go crazy for them. Right. And they don't have to do anything. They're so loved. Yes. And then we start growing up and start exploring and doing things on our own. And then it's like, if I can, like, we have, babies have all this expanse. Like, as humans, we come out, we're like, you can do anything. And then when you start doing stuff, it's like, nope, can't do that. Okay, I'm going to go this way. Nope, can't do that. What about this way? Nope, can't do that. Uh, you're like, And then all of a sudden, you're like, in this box thing uh, going on. And it's like, you now have to, but you're still that child inside you know what I mean like that's who you are as you originally came so now you have to like fight all that you can to push those box those box edges out as far as you possibly can so that you can explore you can be yourself you can break out of the box so to speak yes yes absolutely it's like simultaneously frightening but but also liberating to to realize that like every choice that we make it's our own you know it really does originate as your own choice and and I think a lot of the times we sway in the one direction that is every choice I make puts me in another box and, and limits me and specifies my space or whatever, but realizing also that we can also make a new choice and just completely break out of that into a new direction. And, and we're always in control of that. I don't know why even sometimes myself I feel like something else above me or whatever is controlling the situation that I'm in. I have a thought on that. Okay. Like, I- scenario before first thing like we always have we can always make a choice like every moment we can make a new choice do you know what i mean yeah so you're we're not stuck in like we're living beings we're living sentient beings so like we can always change even it may not feel like we're changing or like it may not seem like we're changing or like the change takes way too long we always have a choice to make a change so that's one yes and then secondly Sometimes I do this too. When we think about there's something above us, it's like we aren't in control. It's easier to place the quote unquote blame if we were to fail or we needed to use an excuse on something other than ourselves. Yes. Because if if there isn't anything else out there that we're being held back from or like being held back by, excuse me, then we have to look inside ourselves and say, all right, self, like why did I not show up in this way that I wanted to? And then you can like, it's very easy to make a choice and like be like, all right, cool. Like it was this and this and this. And then you make the change 
change or you, you know, do whatever kind of action plan you need to get past that block that you have. But really, it, it literally comes down to us. Yes. The minute more people, especially creatives, like, think that, like, they're the one in control, it's not the casting director, it's not the people behind the table, it's not, you know, that person who, like, you know, is standing in line in front of you at the audition that's, like, really messing up your game. It's all you. It's your thoughts about those situations and those people and your assumptions about how they show up in their in their daily life that's got you living in whatever level that you want to live at. And if you want to level up, you need to just question all those thoughts and then be like, hey, thanks for showing up. Stay over here in the corner because I'm going to, you know, do what I need to to break out of my box. Yes, and just hearing you explain it that way, that is so much time and energy taken away from me to worry about all these other people, but we do it, I do it, you know what I mean? And, and, and I have like a tiny speck of time left to actually care for myself which is the only really thing that matters in, in especially that moment as a creative, but like pretty much always is the only thing that matters because I, I still t- to this day believe the idea that like you can't really help other people until you know how to help yourself. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Give me um, what's that in the airplane where it's like the don't put on your oxygen mask until – don't help the small child next to you until you put on your oxygen mask first. They're giving us all the answers, man. They're right they, there. <laughs> if, only, if only we were listening and paying attention to those uh, flight attendant uh, video, safety videos. Although I will admit, I definitely listened to the Virgin one because I think Todrick Hall did that one and I was like, here for the... the <laughs> he said like the music video and stuff or whatever? Yeah. yeah. And I, I will also admit, like, when I was younger, because... Before, like, you know, the TVs were in every seat and stuff, like, the flight attendants did have to do it. And I used to, like, sit right up and, like, pretend that I had a flight, uh, a seatbelt thing with them. I was, you were like, ready. You were ready to I perform. Was, like, I'm listening. Yes. I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready, I'm ready to fly wherever we're about to fly to you, ma'am. Like, I, I will save everybody on this plane. Yeah. And now that I'm taller, I'm like, send me in the exit row. And they're like, are you prepared? I said, I got you, sis. I'm like, I'm lifeboat trained, I'm life raft trained, and I have wet drill under my belt. I can do this for us. But if, we, but if we're going down over a mountain, we're kind of on our own. But yes. water, I got you. If it's water, we're good. I, I got the little plastic line for fishing that really doesn't do much except for, like, calm people down. Where Where's your stash of dehydrated food? Yes, yeah, Pills, seasickness pills. pills immediately, the minute we touch the water. <laughs> I thought I'm not seasick. No, ma'am, you will be. <laughs> Thank you. And they're just like, all I needed was a yes. And I'm like, oh, yeah. sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found out this whole rant for them. Yeah. And then they're like, all I just needed was a just, yes. yes. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Just a nod would, would suffice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, going above and beyond, just doing extra. Always like, got to. Come on, no other way. We pardon this interruption to introduce A Place Called Home, an organization empowering youth in South Central Los Angeles to develop healthy, purposeful, and fulfilling lives. APCH offers refuge to children and young adults through the arts, education, and personal wellness. For the last 26 years, A Place Called Home has serviced its members and their families with life-changing programs in dance, digital media, music, theater, visual arts, nutrition, fitness, academic tutoring and advising, college prep, mentoring, and counseling. Their mission encourages higher education while developing nonviolent interactive skills and reducing criminal behavior to empower people to take ownership of their lives and make a difference in their communities. To learn more about how APCH services its community or to find out information on how to get involved, upcoming events, and where to donate, visit APCH.org. They can also be found on Instagram at APCH2830. Society needs labels. Society has taught us as humans that, like, we need labels in order to survive. Like, yes, there are, like, danger chemical X labels. Like, absolutely, we need those. But, like, the labels are literally for categorization because if you can categorize something, you can give it a value, and that value determines how that person or how that label is treated in relation to other labels. So when it comes to gender, there's, like, boy, girl, masculine or feminine. And it's, like, there's no room in between because society is, like, 
if you go up and down the aisles at Target, it's like the boy section. I, I think they recently changed it, but like a couple, like, you know, 10 years ago, it was like the pink section was just all the girl toys and the boy section was blue and all the blue toys, you know what I mean? And trucks and things. Sure. And rarely it was labeled. So yeah. you saw one versus the other. And the idea of that is like, what if a girl wants to go play with Hot Wheels? Or in Mike's case, what if I want to go play with some like Barbie doll or. Actually, my favorite thing was a skip it. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> I was like, into the skip it. But it was like over on that side. Yeah, yeah. And that subconsciously teaches kids. Well, actually, no. It's when the parents are like, oh, you can't have that or you can't go down this aisle. Or it, it's it's subtle, it's slight, and it's so manipulative that I, and I'm not a parent. So, of course, like, you know, someone can speak more about this, but like, it teaches a child, like, this is not for me. And it may, it may not be a parent that says it. It's just society as a whole. Because, you know, you can be the most loving parent, have the most loving household, but the minute you that child goes to school or is on their own or, you know, someone in the grocery store has to say a comment about something, that also affects the child. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And affects the person who hears it. So, and kids are cruel because I know that when I was younger, I would get like, why do you like the girl toys? Or why do you like to play with the girls all the time? And I'm like, well, because they're not dicks like you guys, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't, I didn't have that language. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but that's like the, the thing that happens, you know what I mean? So they take that and they internalize all of that. So it's like a boy can't do something feminine because he'll be seen as weaker then because a lot of what society shows is that women are weaker compared to men. Or a lot of anything that's feminine is not valuable like it's seen as less than it's it's something to be that submits to something else mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then i started growing i started growing up i like started to come into my own as a this is when i was like identified still as a boy but like it was when i was growing up as a gay man like in college and whatnot and coming out i was like wait i can have all the girl things that i never was allowed to have as a child so i in a way i kind of went through a second adolescence almost and like it was like the those teenage things like things that i was like still like into but like i couldn't like use or i couldn't like have access to i was able to like re i was able to reintroduce it back into my life and i went through like a sort of second adolescence all i met it um like with princess backpacks and things like i was like in college so like you know you're on that borderline age of like you know you're 17 18 but you're still a child so it's kind of cool and like i'm just wearing this ironically (laughs) but like no really i loved that princess backpack so much that i still have it Uh, i was able to like partake in these things that were once forbidden from me and at the time it's like people would see that and be like oh that's just an effeminate gay man and then like oh then then you hear like femme or mask you know what i mean and like within the gay community it's like if you're a femme then you're a bottom and if you're a bottom then you know you have these kind of attributes automatically if you're mask then you're a top like there's no other way around it and top and bottom is just so submissive and like you know one obviously like overpowers the other yeah and I never felt like I was one or even like this may like go too deep in things, but like I never felt like I was either a top or a bottom. I never felt like I was, I always identify more with them than mask, but that's just because mask was so like hyper mask, you know, like right. it was like, I'm this, I'm like, I'm into sports. I'm like, I wear basketball shorts and you know, whatever. And then I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm happy in my skinny jeans and my printed tees. And like, you know, I'll put a bow in my hair or whatever. But, like, that doesn't have anything to do with what I do inside the bedroom with whoever I happen to be there with. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. And so it's a matter of, like, me being non-binary is, like, rejecting all of, like, society's, like, norms and society's assumptions. It goes, this whole thing goes back to assuming things. Yeah. It's, like, you may look at me, I'm six foot three and a half. I'm a black person who's six foot three and a half. And, like, with cornrows, if you're looking at me dead on. You're like, oh, that's a tough person. Right. But then, you know, I pull out these, like, you know, long waist-length braids that are, like, fuchsia pinks to the side. And then, you know, if I have a mask on and, like, I'm wearing something cute that day, I could call ma'am all the time. And I'm like, thanks. Like, <laughs> I do that out of, like, the, or, like, just, just to ask with people's minds as well. But it's, like, I love just, like, kind of confusing people or just, like, making them, like, have to think twice about it before they think they can approach me or like before they like come to me because it's whatever someone is thinking about me i want to not prove them wrong but i want them to like make them think twice yes. i want them to have a moment of being like oh 
if I'm assuming that about this person, like maybe not all black people look like this. Maybe not all non-binary people act this way. Maybe not all. And that's the beauty of like, I think this is the beauty of humanity, but like when I adopted the identity of like non-binary, it's like, I really can choose. I have ultimate freedom. It's so liberating because like some days I can like wear my hair back. I can like, you know, do whatever I want. I can like have this cute hair, but then like wear basketball shorts and, you know, something on a more masculine side. Or I can like wear my hair out and then like have like an outfit from like the women's section of a clothing store. Right. Or I can mix and match, you know what I mean? And like make it work. And it's not like I'm, I don't feel like I'm limited by anything. I can wear makeup some days. I can just wear a little bit of makeup. I can like, you know, not do my brows or I can like do my makeup and like not shave, you know? It's it's so much freedom in it because I'm rejecting everything that society like deems as quote unquote normal or acceptable for a person that identifies as non-binary but like presents as a man to do. I believe it doesn't take any, doesn't cost anything to be kind and like just to be like hey just curiosity like what are your pronouns instead of saying preferred pronouns like what are your pronouns like um how do you want me to refer to you as and then that is such a safe space like it's so so minuscule but it's such a safe space in the sense of like i've had people approach me before and they're like brandon i just want to know like how to what pronoun like do you want me to use and i'm like thank you and like it just it's a little thing of like people even seeing me before i'm even let i let them see me in this way you know what i mean and this happens a lot with like not that i've been traveling around anymore but like friends that i've had for years who've known me as he for so long and like whenever i interact with them they're like oh like they're like brandon like do you go by he or is it okay if i call you he or like you know what is it that you want um how can i best help you and i'm like cool like thank you for letting me know it's they them and like it's just the respect that comes with it that i'm like it does wonders for me because it's like it lets me breathe a little bit easier it lets me not have to worry about lets me not have to like listen out for it as well because it's like some people they know themselves as one way it's like when it's like if i were to have a conversation with you and i'm like yeah kevin it's been such a great time having it out with kevin and you're like like i know my name is chris you know what i mean like and then you start listening for it and then you're like no one likes to be misnamed so why on earth would like misgendering like not have that same kind of effect you know totally totally if you want to put up one thing it can be very jarring for some people to be like hey what are you if you go to someone and say hey what are your pronouns what do you want to know it's almost just as easier to put the own the respect on yourself and be like hi my name is brandon i use they them pronouns like when you introduce yourself or like you just like put it out there in the world so that people know and it may be a little awkward but like it's just because it's not it hasn't been normalized yet yes exactly there is going to come a time when everyone is like, hey, my name is so-and-so and these are my pronouns. And it's like, boom. And I know that some, I know that like in a lot of college courses, it's been happening. And like, I know that in like all my Zoom, well, I've like changed my Zoom name to like they, them. Uh-huh. Like, so like that, there's no doubt about it. But just saying it and like offering up your pronouns first is like the nicest way or the easiest way to just make someone feel comfortable because they don't have to give you their pronouns. They don't, no one owes you anything. But it's like a human connection moment where it's like, if I'm offering something to you, it's like I'm letting you know that it's safe for you to offer it back to me. Again, permission, you're giving someone permission to be their full self by you doing the same thing. Yes, yes. It's just another way to sort of like own who you are and be proud of it and that's it. Now, I, I have to confess and I and I hope I, I – this podcast is essentially – founded and is sort of operated under the idea that I wanted to have men on to sort of talk about openly where they're at in life, how they feel, all of the things that have brought them to this place and all of their hopes and dreams moving forward in an effort to sort of expose that there are plenty of men out there that have these deep consciousnesses of emotional thought and awareness and that we have to break this stigma that men are this and women are this and that there's no crossover and that men, you know, don't have the emotional bandwidth or capacity to think and feel. And that has created this standard that men are allowed to not think and feel and they can stay stuck in this place of like, you know, caveman days or whatever. But I, I didn't even give it a second thought. And I apologize that although you might be male presenting or passing you identify as non-binary and I just want to confess my guilt and I want to apologize to you and and make it clear that I am not trying to sort of put you in this same category as men but rather just that 
everything that you is inside of you that you are sharing, I think, is both meaningful for me and meaningful for whoever listens. And that is what I want to just address and be clear about and, you know. Absolutely. Thank you so much um, for letting me know that. I, like, you inviting me to this podcast is, like, I think, great. first off, a great honor, so thank you. And thank you for acknowledging your feeling and like I because I there could have been assumptions that I had made about it. So I understand that. I think that like me being a male presenting non-binary person is giving permission to other males out there just to like be like it's okay to be in touch with your femininity because there's this person, Brandelsa, who's out there just like existing in themselves. And like, yeah, they cut they look like a man on first on first glance, but like once you get to know them, they're so much deeper and there's so much more and they're not so monolithic and I think by you allowing me to showcase the freedom that I have in myself, it's kind of showing what other what's possible. Like I'm not saying all men have to come out and be like, I'm non-binary now too. Like, no, <laughs> right. not at all. But not be afraid to express themselves a little bit more or like lean into that quote unquote feminine side. Because really, this non-binary thing is not like I like I grew up knowing this. Like this has been a journey in itself and it's only like really cemented itself in the last year. I think that it's important to have these kind of conversations. Like, men need to not be afraid to speak to non-binary people. Do you know what I mean? It's because it's very easy to be like, non-binary, I don't understand that. Like, I don't want them on my podcast. I don't want to talk to them. Like, I don't really think that, like, we have anything in common. But then you sit and talk to me, and I'm like, just understanding my experience has the potential to help others open themselves up and really question their own assumptions or, like, what it is that they've been thinking and, and things like that. Like, again, me being here on this podcast doesn't, isn't like a call to arms for like all non-binary people to like invade quote-unquote invade spaces that are like you know male dominant just because they present male it's more it's a bridging of a gap if anything yes and so i that's how i took it that's how i perceived it when you first were like i went to the podcast i was like yay yeah Um, (laughs) because like i really enjoyed what you were what you've been doing and listening to them all and like I don't know if it's like the moment where I'm supposed to give you all your flowers now but I give them to you like I think it's great that you I find it inspirational first off that you're having these kind of conversations it's something I want to do as, as well so like spoiler alert I'm going to ask you to be on my podcast real soon excellent um, when it finally gets up and running and the idea of just finding community you know what I mean and like we we need each other like we need we as humans need each other we as like brothers in arms quote unquote like need each other like just knowing each other is going to improve our lives because like now we can go forward knowing that like there's this other person and we just see like i'll go around and i'll meet someone i not during covid but like you know i'll have someone in my life i'm like oh that reminds me of chris and like you know the way that they grew up or whatever the case may be and it's like i kind of know that this is like their experience so maybe it'll open up a conversation about it do you know what i mean something and and i just i just want to connect with people i my one of my goals in life is like to help people have hope and like to not feel so alone you know because if you're if you feel like you don't have any hope and if you feel like you're alone people will sometimes go into a a really dark space and think there's nothing worth living for and then like suicide rates are really prominent among queer people as it is and i know i have a feeling that it's only going to be exacerbated by COVID 19 the fact that like it's coming up on a year of lockdowns there are people who are like who are suffering from severe isolation and there are people who like really need connection and they're not able to get it and hopefully these uh podcasts and like these words are reaching people who feel like they're a little bit less alone or like they're they're not the only one going through something you know like i feel like at one point in time in our life we've all had to question something and we've all wanted to go against the grain so having people who lived experience with lived experience that go against the grain as like their daily life is like a permission slip almost you yes. know what i mean like anyone listening you have permission to be yes you have permission to be yourself you have permission to live you have permission to you know like whatever you want dress however you want and not because of society but because you're choosing you're making the conscious choice to do it yes absolutely tell me more about your business and stuff oh yeah yeah um so house of elevation is the name so it started off as like a entertainment company because i'm a stilt walker and so i was like oh it'd be really cool to like walk on stilts like when covid ends in like a month you know what i mean i can do all the summer gigs (laughs) 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 but i was walking around one day on my stilts around my neighborhood and i started to realize that like 
there was a, a metaphor for life in stilts. And like, I've been walking on stilts for like over 10 years now. And the idea of being on the elevated platform of like three feet, ex- three extra feet in the air. And it's like, everyone stops and stares at you. Everyone looks at you because they're like, what is this? Like, who is this person up on stilts? Like, what are they doing? But they're also mesmerized by you. They're also like captivated. And so I was like, oh, this will be like a really cool thing to like, you know, if I have your attention up here, why not say something? Mm. And then I started to realize that when you're elevating at a high level, everyone, like, you walk differently. Like, you talk differently. You, like, present yourself differently. Because, like, I can't walk down with my shoulders hunched forward and, like, looking down all the time. Because as a stilt walker, like, I'm going to end up going down. Like, in the last place you want to be is on the floor. So, like, I have to, like, you know, shoulders back. I have to, like, look out. I have to be big. And I'm like oh, that's kind of like when you're having like a really good day and you are operating at a high level, people just gravitate towards you and they love you and they just like want to like take pictures with you and talk to you and stuff. And I'm like, what if I teach all of this, like this mental headspace that I'm in up here, but how people on the ground can achieve that? And I I just kind of, you know, brainstormed and it snowballed into this idea of becoming a life coach and a motivational speaker where it's like, I'm able to give that, I'm like crafting a talk, I'm in the midst of it, crafting a, like a, you know, a 15 minute and a 45 minute version of like, what it's like to be on stilts and how the metaphor of like being on stilts and being on the ground and having that same kind of confidence and like just being unstoppable and unapologetically yourself, no matter what level you're at. And I want to do it on stilts. Like my goal, and I've been putting it out there in the universe constantly, is that I will be the first stilt walker to give a TED speech like I'm going to like I visualize that I see the red dot and like COVID's over and like there are like people in all the seats and they're just like so amazed by the fact that this person's walking on stilts so there's that level of like you know motivational speaking and like you know person my personal brand if you will and then the life coaching aspect of it is I want to have one-on-one conversations a lot like this but I want to help people achieve their goals like there's so many people especially artists right now who yes the the pandemic is a real thing but like it can also be used as an excuse for some people as to not do anything and like what i'm afraid is going to happen is like they've used the pandemic excuse for so long that their body and their their minds are getting used to having an excuse so like when things do reopen back up they're going to find another excuse and they're not going to want to go back because they don't have the right mindset to push themselves forward anymore like that drive has been taken out of them and so I want to help people get through those blocks and I want to help people feel like they can be their best selves and like love themselves and like live their lives because in my experience of all the auditions and all the work that I've gotten it's when I show up in the audition room as myself I I will say like it's great that like I'm trained in like you know in like dance and and physical performance and stuff so like there is like some skill that goes with it but like the thing that I feel got me hired at for Disney and Sesame Street is the fact that like I show up in the room and I'm like this is who I am take it or leave it like I can I can do all of this but what you're getting is so much more than like what this part calls for and I think that that's what's really gonna drive people to get booked or like feel confident in a in an audition room is that yeah I'm I'm auditioning for this part but the like this part is only one side of who I really am ultimately like this part is the box and like I'm gonna give you what's in the box but I just know that I'm so much bigger than this part and I feel like if a lot more people artists creatives have that kind of mentality moving forward there really is nothing that can stop them from achieving their goal whatever that goal may be do you know what i mean wow yes so my house of elevation uh, to answer your question in the most long-winded way is it's a motivational life coaching company that's it (laughs) i'm bringing people from the bottom to the top elevating as we go you know i believe that sort of Whatever it is that we want to become already exists within us. It's just about drawing it out. <laughs> mm. ah. <laughs> yes, it absolutely does. It 100% does because, like, I'm a believer that, like, whatever it is that you want in life wouldn't be meant for you if you didn't have the desire. Like, you don't just get random desires to do stuff if it's not meant for you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, if you really want something enough, it's because it's already there inside of you. It's meant for you. So 
what's stopping you? What's getting in the way of you pulling out that version of yourself or that thing and bringing it to this reality, like this level? And that's where, you know, we can get into techniques about visualization and manifestation and like the secret of like putting things out, the law of attraction, that's the word, putting things out there and believing it and bringing it to you. All that really works. Like it really 100% works. And like, there's, there's like, it's juicy because like, I'm fucking living proof of it. Do you know yes. what I mean? <laughs> I'm literally like, I've done, I've gotten a chance, I've got opportunities to do things, and I was like, how did I end up here? And then I think back on it, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I'm like, oh, because like this thing sparked it, and now the universe has been like literally leading me up to this moment where I am now. And the crazy, the the gag is that. This moment of where we are right now is not our final destination. It never is. The universe is constantly pushing us to progress towards something even bigger. So even if you feel like life is like even really grand right now, or on the opposite spectrum, like even if you feel like life is like not the best right now, this isn't the final chapter of your story. Yes, yes. You are going somewhere. Every hero's journey has a moment where, you know, Luke doesn't know what to do and Yoda's dead and like all seems lost but then he comes back and like spoiler alert like wins the Star War so <laughs> like everyone has those moments yeah. everybody has those days like it's that's our story we are all the heroes of our own journey and like we just have to find someone who believes in us like a mentor like a Yoda a Jedi Council a Dumbledore a life coach named Brandelsa whatever the case may be like <laughs> we can do it and that mentor only just helps push you along just a little like nudge just a nice little push out the nest and then you start flapping your wings and soaring off to the greatness that's inside of you yes another thought that i had we all need a little bit of help we all need that push that accountability we everybody and it's just so dumb i'm glad i get to share this idea though but like this this like old like idea or whatever that like who delivers the mailman's mail? I don't know if you ever, like, <laughs> it's just a silly, stupid thing that I was thinking about on my walk. But, like, you know, because the mailman got everybody else's back, who's getting his mail, you know? And it's the same idea. It's like therapists need therapy, life coaches need help in their life, musicians need music teachers, everybody needs something a mailman needs to have his mail delivered by somebody else you know what i mean like and it's just let us normalize that you know let us normalize the fact that like while all the greatness exists within us we are not alone in suffering to try to pull it out so let us all sort of come together and support that and bring it out of each other you know what i mean (laughs) are you saying let's elevate together because (laughs) That's what the House of Elevation is all about. Let's do it! It is literally a house, a home, a place for people to come in and, like, really just be elevated all at the same time. No matter where you are, you will be pulled up. You will be elevated. Let this be proof that energy is 100% real. It cannot be destroyed. It is only transferred and it only amplifies. But you want to know, like, another kicker or another crazy thing? All of the things that you're like, oh, wow, like, Brandon's, like, you know, inspirational and whatever, all these wonderful, nice things. Like, I totally take it. I appreciate it. We are only a reflection of our, like, everyone is just a reflection of ourselves. So everything that you're seeing in me is already there inside of you, Chris. <laughs> like, what you're, what you're seeing and vibing off of, the only reason why you're vibing with it this high is because it's already there in you. You're And, and like, if anything... Let friend also be like a little thing like, hey, like, Chris, you got this, too. You've got all of this. Like, you have it, too. And then, like, imagine when you take that and you let that part of yourself out and that you access it because it's there. When you break out of your own box that you have set up for for whatever reason, whatever that box may look like, imagine what that can do because it does, like, ripple out because you've broken out. You've broken out of the box. Everyone's box is just like everyone's box looks different. But it all has the same shape. Like, for me, it's, like, being bullied in, in school for being queer or having... Like, I used to be a chubby kid, and, like, like I've been bullied, like, body shamed for it and whatnot. So there's, like, that layer of a box, and then, like, the side layer is my mother and being, like, you know, you know, to calm down. The bottom layer is, like, my father and, like, my abandonment issues with him. 
and then the side layer is like all the negative shit that I, I've internalized from other people and like it's my box like that's the those are the things that like are stopping those are the things that stop me from reaching my full potential or like those are the things that can get in the way I should say they don't stop me those are the things that can get in the way but like I'm learning how to break out of that box your box or anyone else's box who's listening think about like what their four or five like big quote unquote like obstacles that are blocking them and all right you have your box now like you can go and attach attack each of those sides you can come up with a a action step to address each of those thoughts and each of those scenarios and then slowly but surely that box starts opening up and then you start feeling it you start filling out that space and you realize how fucking big and how powerful you are as a human wow (laughs) i'm gonna it's gonna be hard to walk after this yeah I love it. I just, I'm so grateful. I, I just don't know what else to say. I'm so thankful. Thank you. I really appreciate the time and letting me go off on this tangent and really getting a chance to share. Like, I've shared my story before, but, like, it's so fun, like, having a conversation about it as opposed to, like, this is my story. Right. Like, that, right. Uh, especially being invited in a place that's, like, predominantly male. You know what I mean? Yes. And be like, ah, they're, they're a male, but there's also non-binary males. Yes. Like, like that. that. I, I hope that people, like, you know, if anything, they take away, like, they're like, maybe I can, like, what else am I assuming? You know what I mean? Or, like, you know, what else is going on or what's beneath the surface or, uh, yeah. And then also that they recognize their own greatness, too, because, like, we're all great fucking humans. And when everyone, like, owns their own greatness, like, we start, like, getting in our own lanes and then, like, we're all aligning and flowing. And then what happens then? The world becomes a better place. That's it. We did it. We everyone s- stays in their own fucking lane and, because, and they just know that they're going to be taken care of because the universe takes care of those who are on the uh. that is it that is it yeah I'm done now I swear <laughs> Ooh. oh wow um, this one uh, was definitely a landmark episode I think listening back to it I can remember being physically exhausted from just how much active work my mind was doing to literally expand and take in all this new information. I mean, it it really comes down to what we said, the importance of having these kinds of conversations. How else can we learn and grow and be comfortable in who we are if we don't talk about it? But we have to make space for people to talk and ask questions, and that really starts from within. Something Brandon said was, if you want to teach someone how to treat you, treat yourself the way you want to be treated. What happens is we treat ourselves poorly, or we neglect ourselves, or even something simpler. We just don't give ourselves the attention we deserve. And mix that with what people say about you, what your parents have said in the past, or that one kid from sixth grade, or your boss... We internalize what others say and then repeat it in our own voice, so we end up thinking that it's coming from us. But we are not the voice in our head. We are the ones who listen to that voice. So what do you want to say to yourself? What do you want to be? Whatever it is, whatever you choose, two things. It's perfect, it's beautiful, it's what's meant for you. And if you want to make a new choice, that's okay too. Thanks again for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, write comments and reviews, and share with friends and family. The best place to reach me is on Instagram, at Sharon Feelings. Message me anytime. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Sharon.